Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to X Wingin' It, uh, a podcast about Brock Wilbur and Alex Kane uh, going through the history of Star Wars video games, uh, you know, the stories of the expanded universe and, and beyond, and, um, you know, deciding which of these games are worth uh, going back and playing, and, and for the ones that aren't, you know, us suffering through them for you guys, and uh, hopefully, you know, uh, capturing something about what made each of these uh, interesting or important or, uh, you know, a curiosity for its time. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm uh, I'm a writer for StarWars.com, Polygon, various, you know, freelance outlets. And uh, Brock here, what is it you do again? Well, I used to write recaps at Polygon for the TV show The Flash, the uh, but Flash. then they figured out I don't <laughs> like that show, so I didn't get to do that anymore. You know, most of what I do is 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 writing about things that I don't know and don't enjoy. I, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm unqualified for any position. Am I a am I a mediocre white man constantly falling up? I worry that I am. No, I mean you're... also everyone should appreciate that I, we hit record. And every time I do the intro to this show, I can hear Alex on the other end sighing at how bad it is. And sometimes it's comedically <laughs> intentional. And other times it's just, I'm not ready. Uh, with no notice, he gave that intro, which was way better than mine. So uh, you know what? You introduce the show from now that's, on. <laughs> that's not remotely true, but I'm, I'll happily introduce it from now on. But uh, yeah, Brock has a bunch of podcasts and I, uh, you know... I'm not a not a very good podcaster, but I know some shit about Star Wars, and so uh, we make a pretty good uh, duo here. Um, we we have we have something that doesn't have a great elevator pitch. Playing Star Wars games because they had stories, and those stories don't exist anymore in a canon that is one of several canons that the Disney Corporation <laughs> nuked. Uh, and so we like to share those stories, but also talk about the experience of an interactive thing, especially games that are difficult for most people to play at this point. Yeah, it's not as it's not as bouncy as, uh, hey, we're two guys that listen to that watch uh, Gilmore Girls uh, and, <laughs> and have jokes. Although uh, we can do we can do that podcast uh, soon. Sure. Let's try it. But uh, no, I mean, uh, we, we both uh, we have boss fight books uh, volumes coming out or mine just came out about uh, various video games. So uh, hopefully we have some interesting things to say about the uh, the, the gems and the detritus of uh, decades of Star Wars video games. So. Uh, and that leads us to today, which is maybe our uh, of our like seven episodes, our sixth about a game from 2005. Uh, we're talking about the original Battlefront games. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So which they came out uh, about 14 months apart. Battlefront uh, one came out in 2004 uh, right alongside. I believe it's the exact same day as the original trilogy DVD box set. Um, with you know a new hope empire and return of the jedi um and then it came out on my birthday in 2004 which i remember as being the first birthday party that i was like mad about politics and george bush and was like maybe we should register my friends to vote as my birthday party it was what march right march 2004 uh, September. Oh, September. All right. Never mind. So everything I say from now on is suspect because I, I was thinking March for some reason. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was very much a DVD tie in. It was very much a, a commercial for, hey, remember those movies you loved, the Star Wars things? Well, you can you can play through those battles, you know, and uh, it was Pandemic Studios, uh, which was later shut down uh I, for some reason, uh, I can't recall why now, but uh, pandemic uh, was uh, they did uh, a game called the saboteur, uh, which is like Grand Theft Auto. But uh, in World War Two in Paris, uh, so uh, and it, it had this weird, delightful mechanic, uh, which that uh, it's also the first game I remember being like having the Ubisoft problem as like the map was just a billion little dots of a billion little like <laughs> submissions and things. And when I looked at it, I was like, I don't want to play anymore because look at everything I have to do. Uh, but it was a game that as you liberated parts of town or like won people over with propaganda, th the city of Paris went from black and white into color, but not uh, not full on color so much as like a very Sin City palette with like bursts of other things. It was a clever, really cool game. However, they built it on an engine that they were working on to be like the game engine for everything that they were doing. And it was an impossible engine to work in. Like they were also trying to build, I believe they were the ones that were doing uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. They were doing a Dark Knight tie-in video game uh, mm. that was was in this, and it just didn't work out. And like uh, historically, I remember like Forbes magazine published a piece around the release of the Dark Knight that was like. This was back when every game had a tie-in game, uh, mm-hmm. and they were like, the lack of a tie-in game for The Dark Knight is such a missed financial opportunity that they thought it was something like a $500 million lost like opportunity, mm-hmm. like the biggest financial loss for a non-video game ever. And it was years later we found out like somebody actually was trying. Like At the time, I think they tried to be like, oh, Christopher j- doesn't want a tie-in video game for such a serious movie. Uh, but no, they tried, and it was this studio, and it it, it sunk them. Uh, and, and like there was a Batman Begins game that was by some other studio. So ultimately, it was real bad. I, I think the pandemic basically they did three Star Wars games. They did the Clone Wars in two thousand two, then they did uh, Battlefront in two thousand four, and then they did Battlefront two in two thousand five. And so that's their legacy is these three uh, mostly very beloved Star Wars games that are. Uh, you know, decidedly not what you were describing with the saboteur because, you know, they're, they're very, they're very like clean, simple, uh, straightforward kind of, uh, war Sims really. Right. Like they're, they're very, they're very board game. Like they're very, uh, like sort of, uh, there was a piece in Polygon recently, uh, by, um, Oh shoot. This is a great name. Like, uh, ex, uh, should I, I should look it up? But he, um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he described it as modular and how he talked about how they foretold kind of the current age of games that we're in, where, uh, you know, things are designed oh, like a Fortnite and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, things that are the experiences that are meant to be replayed over and over and over without getting old, and uh, you know, Battlefront One really did a pretty good job of that, uh, you know, so. The pandemic Clone Wars game from 2002, it, it had like it had the Jedi heroes in it. Um, otherwise, it was sort of pretty much a prototype for for the first Battlefront. And then along comes the first Battlefront. It, it, you know, it's basically um, an adaptation of like the original Star Wars trilogy minus. Uh, I think it sort of lacks a lot of Return of the Jedi stuff, right? Doesn't it end with uh, the Cloud City battle, but Right. I want to say I'm getting ahead of myself, yes. of course, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, they're, they're very much like, Hey, you remember those battles that you saw in those three movies? Like, let's, uh, you know, let you play those out. And, um, you know, the, the functional version of these games is that, uh, you take all the big battles throughout history, um, and, and you, you tag in on one of two sides, uh, and, uh, yeah, that we we love focusing on these games. Uh, we just did Republic Commando, which does a similar thing. But we love focusing on games that focus on uh, the grunts of this world. And so you just pop into the the field as like a stormtrooper or a rebel guy, uh, and you run around, and you are not higher or lower powered than anybody on the other team. Uh, and and you're just sort of in these giant waves, which at the time I remember just being like technologically like, how are there 50 people on the screen right now like that's incredible like it's not slowing anything down it all works uh and then you you run off and you start shooting at stuff and then inevitably and probably quickly you die and then you respawn somewhere else so the the better you are at taking out more people on the other side the more that their reinforcements and their numbers go down the more that you die quickly the more that like exponentially your team's numbers go down until Either the other side is either your side or the other side is out of people or you've claimed a certain number of spots on on the board. But uh, it is the strategy in this then comes from there are variations in the characters. Each variation of a character that you can choose has a different sort of weapon setup or special skill. And you can choose between a couple of different spawn points around the map. So you can see where everyone's sort of moving on your little like radar and you're like oh if there's a bunch of people raiding this thing maybe i should respawn there and try to defend the spot or or what have you but it also means that you have these these points of of just dead air where you're running around and there's no one around you and you're like running through the death star or across tatooine and you're like i'm just looking for something and then you stumble onto a fight so there's this sort of like the the narrative design of the game becomes what you do in in these spaces and the gameplay informs that in such an interesting way and as alex mentioned 
it's just eternally replayable because there's no there there are sets of rules but you never know what's going to happen next and anything can turn the tide and sometimes like a bunch of jawas will show up and start shooting everyone and they get mad at you or you know you get uh, a, a, a tentacle comes out of nowhere and pulls you into the sarlacc pit and or or you hop into vehicles and start buzzing around and uh you kill like 50 people and you're like what's happening here it's it's very like no one has the advantage on anyone else and you can change anything at any time but it feels incredible and you feel a sense of power no matter what you're doing now a key point this this is not true of the second one but in the 2004 battlefront uh you truly are always a nameless grunt extra you know you're you're the soldier on the ground in the background of the films you know you are you're not you're not some special trooper in inferno squad or delta squad or um you know you you have no identity you're you're the stormtrooper that uh you know poked his head up out of the trench and got shot and died in the background somewhere on Hoth or, you know, on cloud city or whatever. Like you're, you're always just like a random uh, unit. So, so it's like, it's got this vibe, like it's a real time strategy game, except instead of having these like units that you command from the sky, you are the unit. So you're an individual trooper. Um, So it's sort of like, you know, it's a third person shooter, but, you know, when you die, it's not as if the world stops turning and, and you respawn and start from like a checkpoint or something. You're, you know, you're 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 part of the war and you're you know, you just respawn. Uh, you know, your soul goes to the other guy who's just arriving at the battle, you know, and uh, and so yeah, each time you die, you 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 run out of reinforcements. You're you're losing men so to speak or you know um and uh and so it's really about accomplishing the objectives or reaching the checkpoints you know capturing um command posts uh before you run out of reinforcements so it's uh you know there's a real time kind of vibe to it that uh you know you wouldn't get in like a sort of a single player very narrative heavy campaign where Oh, Aiden Versio just dropped dead on the battlefield. Okay, so we now gotta, you know, uh, go back to the checkpoint and try that again. No, like your guy just died, so you're gonna spawn as someone else. And um, yeah, it's unique. It's it's different than, you know, the way the other shooters can feel. And and uh, yeah, I mean, it does. It it feels very sort of uh, risk or you know, like whatever sort of board game type deal, you know, or, or, you know, it has that sort of RTS feel where, um, you know, you're, you're not so much a character as you are, you know, um, you know, command, you know, what's that? I said uh, a cog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just, yeah, you're, you're, you're one, one troop out of, out of hundreds or out of dozens or whatever. And, uh, it teaches you to be disposable, which is an interesting thing for a game. We're always fascinated by these games where you're grunt because it, it focuses on like, you're not the special space wizard. You're also not the hero. Also like you, you couldn't have time to be attached to any character because you just got to kill them and move on to the next character. Yeah, and I want to say so. I mean, you you sort of uh, went back and revisited the first one, and I went back and revisited the sequel. Um, but so, correct me if I'm wrong, but the campaign there's two campaigns essentially, right? Where you play through as the Empire, and one where you play through as the Rebels, right? Something like that. Uh, well, kind of. Uh, so there's what Battlefront does uh, is that you can, uh, especially when you get into sort of picking your own playlist of things. You can select between like 14, 15 different maps from from great moments in the Star Wars world. You can select for any of them, whether you want it to be uh, the Clone Wars era or the Galactic Civil War, which that sets what the two sides are that'll be fighting. And then you can choose which side you want to be on. And within each of those sides, there are specialty units. and, And they actually do a really interesting thing where like, even though those seem like incongruous, like planets and timelines and stuff, They'll they'll do some things to like switch out characters and 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 option types for like oh this couldn't have existed at this point in time and so on and so forth which is uh, sometimes odd uh, when you're like oh that thing I like playing as doesn't exist now uh, but the campaign for the first one uh, would either take place in in one of the two uh, time periods 
and it would switch you back and forth between teams uh, level by level. Like you do like two is the Empire and then two is the Rebels. And you didn't really have control of that because that was the story it wanted to tell, uh, which uh, players hated because they're like, no, no, no. If if I'm being the rebels and I want to feel like I'm taking down the Empire, then the next round, I don't want to be murdering rebels like it just doesn't feel fun to me. Yeah, I, I sort of my main memory of the the campaign in that one is just like being the rebels uh, toward the end uh, on like Bespin, maybe like on cloud city and, yes. and just, you know, just sort of defeating the empire and, and feeling really triumphant and uh, that, you know, there's a lot less narrative content in the first one. Um, it, what, what it did do with the, the campaign and it, I mean, it's dumb and it shows how old I was, how old I am, but like, in 04, the, in the campaign, between the levels, they just use full screen clips from the from the series to like, here's a minute of of the movie. And I remember it being one of the first times that I saw footage from a film in a game that didn't seem like crazy compressed, like some old like FMV thing. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Now it's the most skippable idiotic thing. I was like, why would I need to see this Darth Vader scene yet again to understand what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. But then the second game does have both canon and non-canon storylines, which is a fascinating leap. And perhaps we should just go to that. Go to the the second game. Yeah. Yeah. So the <laughs> second game is really, it's weird, but it's, it's, you know, it came out in 2005. So that's when Revenge of the Sith came out. So when you talk about those movie clips, I mean, most of what you're getting in the second game are clips from Revenge of the Sith. And they, they kind of do some hand waving where, um, in context, it's not actually what you're seeing in the film is not really super relevant to what's happening in the, the part of the game that you're about to play. For instance, uh, right. they show the clone uh, pilots uh, flying the ARC-170 fighters. And, uh, you know, in the, that part of the film, they're in orbit around Coruscant. And, and, you know, it's one specific battle above, you know, a different planet. And then in the game, you know, they're making you think that, they're above Kashik, you know, the Wookiee planet Kashyyyk. So um, it's it's a little bit, uh, you know, where they're cheating a little bit. But, uh, you know, they get to kind of show off footage of like the, the Wookiees fighting the droids on that planet or or things like Kiati Mundi on uh, Maigito, which while wow, saying these things out loud is weird. <laughs> um, you know, and you see that in the movie where Kiati Mundi is the guy who he's sort of a meme now because he's like, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? And that's like his famous line. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he's got like two brains, I think at least, uh, you know, his head is sort of, he's like a cone head from the movie cone heads. And, uh, but he, but he's got like a very distinguished goatee to go with it. So he's sort of every got... episode you bring in a reference that I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect that reference today, but you know, it's not wrong. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, that's just where my brain goes with some of this stuff. It's one of just, your many brains. <laughs> yeah. One of my several brains in my cone head. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kiati Mundi is kind of a meme nowadays, but you know, back when these games were a lot newer, I mean, you know, he seemed like a cool Jedi and, of course, in Revenge of the Sith, you know, he uh, he kind of uh, turns around and finds that all his clone troopers are suddenly aiming their guns at him. And, you know, he uh, yeah, he goes down, goes down trying to block all those blasters, but doesn't really work out in his favor. Um, you know, the, the, we, this is our second game in a row that we I mean, it's going to come up uh, some because of how often we hit games from 2005. But this is one where the first game came out before episode three, so it couldn't really get stuff in. And then the second one comes out uh, sort of uh, in line with episode three. Uh, so it adds in a lot of these levels, which is I've maybe seen episode three like twice in my life. It's just not a thing that I ever am like, I need to revisit that. So in playing these games, which I, I think I do more. I, look, I don't dislike episode three. I like it <laughs> fine. Uh, it, I just never have time for that sure. in my life. Uh, but like some of these episode three levels, I, I'm just like, this is, I, I know I know much more about these levels in Battlefront than I, I couldn't place them in the movie is what I'm saying, which feels like part of the thesis of this show, which is that I know more about Star Wars within the interactive worlds than I do within whatever George Lucas was making. Uh, but th- this was also, as as you sort of brought up earlier, like 
they they put demos for these games on the DVDs that they were selling at the time. So like everything had like a release window it had to hit because it had to tie into what these things were doing, uh, which is uh, in Republic Commando that we just talked about last time, like they had to build a whole third act on the game so that they could put on the back of the box like, hey, buy this so you can learn some secrets about episode three. And like, uh, it's just weird how much of the, the video game world was based around trying to get people to see episode three and how inconsequential that is. Yeah, so, I mean, with Battlefront 2, it's interesting. They they kind of, they were very economical about, in, in Revenge of the Sith, you've got this Order 66 sequence where the Clone Wars are coming to an end, and you've got Jedi scattered across the galaxy commanding these clone army, you know, battalions or whatever on all these different, like, gorgeous planets. Uh, at a certain point, the the... Order 66 is given and all the clones have to murder their Jedi generals, you know, and, and the empire is born. Uh, but, but, you know, you've got these, this great like footage where, Oh, there's, uh, Ayla Secura, uh, just a glimpse of her and her clones under her command. And they're on this beautiful, uh, floral jungle planet called Felucia. And it's on screen in the film for, you know, 10 seconds or whatever, who knows, like not very long. Um, but because they have that 10 second clip, they can then, you know, transplant some of that footage into the game and they're like, okay, so let's have a mission on Felucia. And, and, uh, you know, same with that Maigito thing that you start off on, you know, they, they take just these little slivers of, uh, you know, like in most star Wars movies, there's like X number of planets. Well, revenge of the Sith has a whole, you know, a ton of planets because they had to show right. that sequence where all the Jedi are getting murdered one by one. And so they're all on all these different worlds and, and they're really gorgeous. And, uh, and so they did, they, they kind of milked that for all they could, um, in battlefront two, because it's like, you know, we're, we're seeing the clone wars through their eyes. And, uh, it, it does, it has like a main character. It's sort of an unnamed narrator. Um, I think it's Tamara Morrison from the films, you know, uh, narrating and it's, uh, so he's a member of the 501st Legion, which is, uh, it's a fan organization originally. So it's like the, the people who like, Oh, right, right, right. The screen, you know, yeah, yeah. Like the screen accurate stormtrooper uniforms and the TIE fighter pilot uniforms and various things like that. It's like, if you have an approved like movie accurate, costume that you made yourself you know or whatever the then you can become a member of the 501st legion and uh george lucas um you know he made he wrote them into the script for episode three and had them become okay so darth vader has his personal you know battalion you know legion that he uh he commands and and when he you know assaults the the jedi temple in the movie you know there's these uh clone troopers with sort of blue racing stripes on their helmets and, and that's the 501st legion and so it's you know battlefront 2's campaign is all from their point of view so you have uh you have sort of the you know like war is sort of business as usual for a while and uh and then eventually you get to the turning point where um you know, yeah, Order 66 happens, and then it's like, okay, so, you know, the narrator has, like, a conscience about this stuff. This was this was uh, three years prior to the Clone Wars animated series, and, and even more years prior to this idea that, oh, um, you know, when, when they had the Clone Wars, like, the clone uh, characters in the cartoon, you know, uh, you know, to get around that sort of narrative inconvenience that, oh, at some point these guys have to go evil and kill their Jedi, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, allies that they've been building relationships with over the course of uh, several years of this TV show. It's like, oh, so maybe they have implants that make them susceptible to, you know, basically like they have to obey this order 66. Uh, so they have some of them take the implant out. Um, that, that idea didn't really exist yet when this game came out. So instead you just have like soldiers being like, Oh, you know, we just had to follow orders, you know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, um, yeah, it, it is interesting that because of like, a, a gimmick player interactive, uh, situation, the games world of this, including like this shooter that barely needed a narrative was figuring out some of this stuff 
before Star Wars canon was figuring this out. Yeah, like I suppose like, you no could say that they were bad about that. <laughs> they were sort of running into these problems, right? And it's like, oh, like this is going to be an issue. Uh, we need to think about this. So in that sense, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, uh, you have these characters who. You know, they're they're on the side of the Jedi and the Republic until, you know, one day, you know, uh, the emperor appoints himself, you know, dictator of the galaxy. And, uh, you know, everything is kind of flipped on its head. Um, so, yeah, these video games are sort of an in-house playground where they have to solve some of those narrative problems. And then, I mean, yeah, you see that happen all the time where... Um, some of those ideas would get sort of massaged into the, like the proper uh, expanded universe or into the, the canon after that, you know, via the clone wars. So it's, uh, you know, Lucas, Lucas had a lot of resources to draw from when it came time to, to solve X or Y problem in the clone wars. And uh, yeah. So this story is interesting in that, you know, half of it takes place prior to the dawn of the empire. And then half of it takes place you know, after Anakin Skywalker has become Darth Vader and, and all that, you know, the galaxy's fallen into fascist, uh, you know, imperial rule. So and it, it's also very interesting to be like um, this in, in the way that when talking about like uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter, we talked about like, you know, having this. Uh, oh, I get like the motivation of the bad guys now and I'm, I can be on that side or things like that. This game was something that, like, there was no space in my heart for anything in the prequels. Everything was dumb, and I hated it at the time. I've grown up, and there's no need to hate anything anymore. Uh, but this game was something that, like, playing as, like, the droid separatists in, like, the Clone Wars was the was where I learned, like, everything I know about them now. Uh, like, you know, I a lot of those units, I'm like, I don't enjoy playing as this, but, like... Like, who doesn't want to just play as as the Imperial forces from that time period? But when things got sw- switched on me and a lot of the randomization happened, I found a kinship with certain types of droids that now when I, like, watch the films, is like, oh, that's one that I like. And I'm like, why do I have any connection to that now? <laughs> so there's there's that, like, gameplay level of things, too. Like, and I know the names of certain units that, like, I wouldn't know otherwise, which also, like, there is a level for... I'll, I'll never know the name as long as I live, but the uh, stupid underwater world from episode one where the frog people live. Oh, yeah, yeah. Naboo. Uh-huh. Yep. Naboo. The, yes. Yeah. Underwater Naboo. Uh, exactly. Where, like, there's a level there and, like, running between, like, oxygen pods and stuff. I'm like, this is the most I will ever spend time caring about whatever this is. And, like, then you find, like, especially because, like... um the level designs in these games are just incredible. So like uh, a lot of that becomes like, Oh, I know like shortcuts in that world for how to get between locations that like, I don't know shortcuts in my neighborhood for how to get to the post office, Uh, (laughs) especially when you sink as many hours as you do. It's like something about star Wars games also imbues you with this real, like knowledge of nothingness that uh, goes almost beyond like, like there aren't words for any of this. There isn't like, I'm not learning like, something's name or like its history i know a fictional diagram of a part of a world and that matters to me somehow yeah at some point we'll get to talking about the combat and the specifics of that but but first of all like one of the big appeals of these games and particularly the second one in my opinion is like just the the sheer number of yeah different environments that you can you can go to and they look like they do in the films pretty much uh you know, with the caveat that these are graphics from 2005 and, and you've got the, the soundtrack changes based on, you know, so if you can go to Mustafar, the lava planet, you know, where Darth Vader is sort of born (laughs) in fire, so to speak, uh, and becomes a monster. I mean, he, uh, you know, you, you hear the revenge of the Sith soundtrack playing in the background and, and maybe your Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, wearing the outfit that he wore when he was on that planet. And so it, it is sort of that, you know, action figure kind of uh, experience where, you know, you can kind of go to all these planets from the movies and, uh, you know, maybe the the comet, the combat, the moment to moment, you know, uh, like really sort of granular stuff isn't all that exciting um, by modern 
you know, uh, expectations, but, but like just the, the attention to detail and just sort of like the love in this game is, uh, is just spectacular. I, I think one place where it hasn't been top to this day is, um, you know, they added the Jedi back in, which they had done that in the Clone Wars in 2002. They added those back in for the 2005 Battlefront sequel, but they also added space flight. And so you have these, you know, space battle sequences, both in the campaign and in the, you know, do whatever you want, the various modes, right, with these objectives and things. And, um, from a technical level, like it's just, it's marvelous. You can like, you can be a ground trooper, you know, with a gun shooting at other ground troopers. You can go to the hangar bay, hop in a spaceship, mm-hmm. push the a button, take off and fly out into space and then have a dogfight. And it's seamless. Uh, there's the animation takes like all of a second, second and a half. There's no like cutscene. Like, so battlefront to 2017, like they just recently released a mode called, capital supremacy and it's yes <laughs> it's it's basically a love letter to battlefront 2 of 2005 however i mean which is almost incredible because it took a decade plus to do the thing that they introduced there and i'm, I, I'm just like how yeah. did how did it take this long to figure this out <laughs> yeah well i mean and even even so um you know like they still when you go from the ground into space you know that there's no, there's no like starfighter dog fighting happening. And also there's like a cut scene and it's like a loading trick where you see a cinematic play out so that it can load the next phase of the battle. So, I mean, uh, you know, like you look at some of these old games and sure the graphics look crude and simple by today's standards, but from like a technical, you know, systems mechanics standpoint, like they, they do things that games today won't even attempt yet because it's like, right. You know, we sort of, uh, I say we, you know, publishers and, and suits and, and, you know, executives and developers, you know, they, they want everything to look photorealistic now. Whereas, you know, back then they knew they couldn't achieve that. So they didn't even try. So they did all these like crazy technical things like, you know, being able to jump in a spaceship and take off and fly and uh and do that all seamlessly at will and and you know you can't do that in games now in the the star wars games currently because uh you know it's just they're too flashy and cinematic and and uh you know kind of polished you know you you can't really get away with that yet on on current hardware until maybe the next generation there's also an element of it, which is that uh, this is getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but uh, Battlefront 3 that was in development and canceled, which we'll circle back to, uh-huh. uh, had, had a lot more episode uh, levels like this that were like ground ship into another ship uh, doing stuff on multiple levels. Uh, and that got canceled, but that was also around the same time. And, and part of the modern Battlefront's taking so long to get there. You're right about the cinematic aspect, and I worry that the other part of it is that, like, it's such a, it takes, it's such a convoluted, like, set of, like, goals and things that you have to do that, like, maybe they think that, like, some of their players aren't smart enough to take this on. Uh, which like, I don't know, sometimes you jump in and you just want a dumb thing. And like, I've, I've watched people play this new mode. I'm like, there is a lot happening and there's a lot of goals. And I wonder how much time you have to spend wrangling somebody that's just there to run around shooting and to be like, no, 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 we actually need to get on the ships now to go to the other location. And people are like, I don't, uh, I don't get what that is, <laughs> which too, like at least made it like it into it was sort of this optional thing where it's like you can fly around and you can like shoot at like the guns or like the engines on like a star destroyer and that's a way you could break down the star destroyer or you could fly into the loading bay where there's a bunch of bad guys uh, but if you can get out of your ship and start running around you can blow up the same systems from within the ship and there aren't that many people deeper in the ship so it was sort of this like trial by fire thing where if you could get through the loading bay you could probably do a lot of damage on the inside 
Uh, but like there were options for people that didn't even want to try it. This mode seems to involve a lot of like you actually have to do it sort of one way and everyone probably needs to get their act together to even attempt it. And then if you fail, it resets to the planet. Like there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's kind of a tug of war and, and they can go on for like way too long, potentially, depending on how balanced that the was teams my concern are. too i was like this looks like it could take an hour if you just didn't keep, if you kept not pulling it off right oh seriously yeah yeah if the teams are like balanced then you could just it could go yeah it could literally go for an hour or more um i think but yeah i mean they they go really long like the first time i played the new mode in the battlefront 2017 it was like it, it went for like 45 minutes or something. And the guys that I was playing with, they're like, well, I'm going to take a break now. It's like, okay, we literally <laughs> got one game in. So, so I still don't feel like I have a big grasp of how it works, but it, it's, you know, it's clearly a love letter to the way that the 2005 battlefront, you know, worked where you can, you know, you go from like being a ground trooper to a spaceship and then go to the board, the enemy capital ship and blow it up and all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's a it's a good little uh, loop where you know you fly into the enemy's ship, or you know, um, there there are like objectives out in space where maybe you have to shoot down you know a couple ships before you you board the third one or whatever, and uh, the objectives always always really clear, and uh, you know, I think with the the new dice stuff sometimes you look at the compass at the top of the screen and you, there's a lot going on and, and you don't know quite what to prioritize. Whereas, you know, with, with battlefront two from 2005, you, you had, you know, maybe two yellow waypoints and it was pretty clear where you had to go. And it's like, okay, this is the thing we have to shoot. And so, you know, as, as games get more um, like, okay, this needs like some kind of narrative explanation besides like blow up the thing, blow up the waypoint, you know, uh, right. you know, it does, it gets a little more convoluted to the point where you don't know if like the five-year-old kid on your team who's like holding an Xbox controller for the first time, like how reliable those, those players are going to be, you know, in terms of, uh, how much investment do you want to put in as somebody who, if you're trying to win and you're, you know, the skill level is pretty varied across the board, you know, I mean, it sometimes feels hard to kind of influence the, the flow of things uh, in some of these newer, you know, big like battlefield size shooters. Whereas, you know, in the older battlefronts, um, you know, you really, I mean, you can play it against AI and you can just, you can be one human being playing solo on your couch against, you know, a bunch of, you know, bots and it, it's still a really good time. I mean, I didn't, right. I didn't have Xbox live until like 2007. So, I mean, I, I kind of missed the, the golden age of, you know, the original battlefront too. But, um, you know, even so, even just playing against the computer, I, I mean, you, you can see kind of the brilliance of it and just, um, you know, it has a simplicity and, and, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's still very fun to like, just pick up and be like, Oh, I, I want to play something for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And I don't want to have to, you know, um, you know, you know, some, some games are like, uh, you know, very narrative heavy or very, um, you know, competitive online things like overwatch or something, you know, playing like this old battlefront right. too is, you know, you can just, hop in for half an hour and, and, uh, enjoy yourself and, and then, you know, put it down and, and there's no real, uh, story investment or there's no real need to be all, you know, sweaty and competitive about it. It's just a, <laughs> you know, it's just a good quality game. That's kind of like easy to pick up, but you know, maybe difficult to master. And, um, yeah, the beauty is more in the, in the, how it's crafted, I think, and how kind of, uh, user friendly it is it's very much like a game for you know they they patched it so that it was mod friendly and, and there's like a huge modding community that grew out of it and um, you know people would add locations that they wanted to see your characters that they wanted to see you know different models and so uh, you know it's had this life for you know going on 15 years after release um, you know people people are still uh, installing mods and playing it online and stuff. So on windows 10, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. 
that modding community is also building levels from uh, Last Jedi and things like that at this point where I was just like, I can't, oh, cool, good on good on all you. Uh, <laughs> I, I like you, uh, I had the Xbox original and uh, I knew Xbox Live existed, but my philosophy was like, why would I ever want to play against somebody on the internet, which is still in many ways my philosophy about just about everything. But mm-hmm. uh, at the time for both of these games, I sunk hundreds of hours in because me and my friend Andrew Book would play it uh, local, uh, split, split screen uh, and like, uh, we played against each other sometimes, but overwhelmingly uh, we would do sort of the co-op where you're on the same side. Uh, and uh, we like it's aside from Halo, like around the same time, it's the only game I can think of where I just spent hours like getting into that sort of like tactical talk back and forth with somebody uh-huh. uh, that you you always see in video game trailers, but that no one ever actually talks that way about how to handle things. And the we've talked here about like the the story and and the use of inspiration in the modern versions. In the original, like there was the campaign mode, which especially in one is uh, dumb uh, and takes a lot of control away from you. But in both games, there was uh, Galactic Conquest, which was a mode that like you had all the planets that existed in the universe, and uh, you sort of went planet to planet, and you had to win there and like if you lost there like you went back a planet and so that was the thing that we always co-op through and that was the motivation was like we can't lose because then we have to go back to that other planet and like that provided enough to like give it a weight and a gravitas that made like the failures really feel like failures uh which i'd kind of forgotten about how much uh, this mattered until i threw a uh star wars themed birthday party for my cats last week (laughs) uh and uh i I've pulled up the Battlefront games on, on backwards compat on my Xbox and just watching people dive into that. People that hadn't played before, but were, were giving it a, a spin and like people cared about the Galactic Conquest. And even if they were swapping out, like, which also no one's very good at this right out of the gate. So there had to be some level of forgiveness there. But like also like, you know, the players that used to play watching like Galactic Conquest mean that we went back a planet, made them frustrated with the new players in a way that I had to shut it down. I was like, this is less fun. Uh, it'll be more fun on another time when everyone's uh, on the same level. But uh, yeah, that's that's how the original one worked. And then by two, like there was a more interesting thing, but that was always the way that I've played it. And, and that's always felt good. <laughs> yeah. And it's got sort of like quick play modes too, with like capture the flag and, and different variants like that. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's a game that kind of knows what it is. You know, it's just like a, a shooter with like a large sort of overhead, like strategic element to it as well, you know, where you're controlling hard points across a big map, uh, like a board game or like an RTS. And, and uh, you know, it, it, not everything has to have some like big like lore explanation the way, you know, something like Battlefront 2017 or 2015 does where it's like, oh, we're you know, we're activating these dishes to signal the Y-Wings to come in so they can make the AT-AT vulnerable. It's not really like that. It's like, let's go, right. let's go shoot those guys and, uh, and take their spot. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it is a surprisingly dumb game. It really is. Yeah. You were right before it's checkers over chess, but it's, it's replayable more than 15 years later in a way that I'm like, I don't have anything that's this fun. This is weird that I forgot about this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it feels good to spawn in, you know, in this one, you can, they brought the Jedi back, they brought, brought in the space combat. So, I mean, you're not always just like a trooper, you can spawn as like Yoda. And so it's like, you know, um, your Wookiee friends are fighting alongside you and you get to cut down a bunch of, you know, wimpy battle droids with a lightsaber. And uh, it just, it still feels really good to do that stuff. And, you know, um, you know, it, games today, sometimes I, I'll pick up something and just ask myself, like, this looks really pretty. Am I having fun, though? And uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, and uh, I, I can't really think of, like, a good explanation off the top of my head because, like, most of the games I've been playing lately have been really good. But um, you know how it is. There there are games that are, are beautiful and technically impressive, but... Um, okay, Red Dead Redemption, for instance, you know, it's like it's the most gorgeous game ever made, hands down. But, you know, I find myself getting bored and it's like, um, you know, 
Battlefront 2 from 2005 is not the most beautiful game ever made by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but damn, it feels good to be Yoda and just slice some robots with a lightsaber for a little while. And uh, yeah. Two for coming out 14 months after one. Uh, we've, we've done this with the TIE X-Wing stuff like before, but like it's incredible, especially then what a difference a year makes because like particle effects in that game and some of the visuals and like, uh, they had something like 2000 separate Foley effects just for how you like walk on any different sort of surface and the way that you, certain things would happen or flora and fauna sounds. I'm like, this is, uh, incredible. Like it's, it's just such a leap in that time. And of course, adding in all the different kinds of like gameplay modes with space battles and, and, you know, the Jedi and things like that. It's, it is cool. And like, if you're going back to play, I recommend two. I think we both recommend two. One is still very fun. They're basically the same game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I imagine it's comparable to like one of these, you know, tabletop board games, like that, you know, they have various, uh, star Wars, uh, miniature games like the X-Wing game and, and various, you know, RPG things where they'll put out a new RPG source book with new campaigns and new characters and stuff, or they'll, they'll put out an expansion for the X-Wing miniatures game with like new ships and new rules and things like that. And it's like, you know, battlefront Two two 2005 is basically just adding to what worked in the first game, but you know, adding Jedi, adding, adding more, uh, time period stuff, and uh and yeah and also space combat so i mean it's sort of the uh, the final form of that and uh you know i i recently did a, a top 10 list uh for variety.com like you know what are my top 10 star wars games and i, I put it at like number five i mean it's it's very much one of the all-time greats and uh yeah i mean it's it it's still you know right now if i was gonna fire my xbox and play a star wars game you know, I might very well play this one, uh, for fun. You know, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's better than Dice's, uh, Battlefronts because like I played the hell out of those. I played a lot more of those than I ever did of the old ones. But, um, this game, this game has a, a beautiful simplicity and just, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's very fun and you can, you can, you know, choose to opt out of playing against, you know, some 13 year old kid online who's going to kick your ass or whatever, you know, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a good time. Like it, it really, I don't think it's going to age, you know, horribly or anything like that. You know, you kind of, the combat is, how would you describe it? You like lock on and shoot this guy and you can toggle to the other guy. So it's more about like health bars and, and, and health management and things like that. Conserving your, your grenades for when you really need them. Right. Things like that. But it all feels, yeah, it's a game of constantly strafing away from a lot of gunfire yeah. and then uh, trying to decide when it's time for your character to die because you've run out of ammunition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it's uh, it feels really satisfying and, and yeah, I mean, you know, when, when you die, I mean, it does, it does, uh, sort of slow the progress and, and, you know, you're losing reinforcements. So you're more likely to lose and have to just do the whole thing over again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It feels even, even like the fact that you like lock on and it's sort of very old school with the gunplay. I mean, it, it, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it, it feels very satisfying to, to just, you know, mow down a, a room full of battle droids. Uh, by way of coda here, uh, we've, we've talked about it, but didn't really discuss what happened. Uh, battlefield one, two are like 14 months apart. Everyone was like, I can't wait for battlefield three. Uh, and then it's, uh, more than a decade. Uh, cause, uh, LucasArts, uh, and dice and and uh, I mean uh, Lucas Arts and pandemic and everyone gets into sort of disputes here on on how things are going. At one point, there's something like three different versions of Battlefront Three that are being produced at different studios. Some of them peter out pretty quickly, uh, but uh, eventually Dice gets involved and Dice does a new Battlefront in 2015. 2015, exactly for 2015. Mm-hmm. And out of the gate, it, it had a lot of criticism because it was a very modern multiplayer game with uh, loot boxes and, and things like that. Uh, and it's I never found it to be as nearly as fun because it is 
not because it's smarter, but just it, it seemed more unbalanced and I haven't put the time into two yet. I'm kind of waiting for that on, on here. But uh, in the interim, the, the fans, like we said, the modding community kept two alive and keeps updating that. But uh, people also watched leaked trailers and leaked gameplay from three that came out. And there is a community that set forth to make Battlefront three the way it was supposed to be with the old school gameplay. Uh, and they got sort of a cease and desist from uh, Lucas, obviously. Uh, so that game sort of reskinned everything, and now it's called Galaxy in Turmoil, and it's coming out later this year. You can find it on Steam and wishlist it. Uh, it looks gorgeous. It has things like speeders and stuff, uh, and it all looks fun and cool. And you can tell that there's very clearly levels that are based on the original levels that have been reskinned to not look like the inside of the Death Star, but they <laughs> still look like the inside of the Death Star. Uh, and it looks like a quirky fun take on this but like it's still that same sort of gameplay and i'm really excited for that i think a fun thing to do is just like go to youtube and if you search for i think like battlefront 3 prototype um you'll see kind of the ambition and the scope that they were going for and uh you know i was praising two for being able to you know be a foot soldier get in a ship and and take off but they really were trying to take that to like the most uh you know almost like no man's sky esque, uh, you know, version of that where, you know, you can, you can just like, you're on a planet and then you go into space and maybe you go, you know, they were, they really were trying to push the limit of like what was possible in a game. And so I, I kind of see why battlefront three never got made back then, but, uh, those prototypes are really cool to check out. Uh, you got anything else left for this one? I don't think so. I think that that pretty much covers it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are people who, who like the first game better um, and, and they make cool arguments for why that is uh, because, you know, simple is sometimes attractive and I really had fun with the first game. But, uh, yeah, I do I do kind of just recommend Battlefront 2 as, like, a, you know, a really good place to start if you've uh, – not played a lot of older Star Wars games. If you're someone who's like very new to the idea of Star Wars video games, or maybe you've just played like the dice stuff or you're excited about Fallen Order. Um, if you want to check out like what Star Wars games used to be like, yeah, Battlefront two is not a bad place to start by any means. Okay. Alex, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter, uh, way too often. So at, uh, Alex J Kane, K A N E and, uh, you know, freelancing for various places. Uh, I'm Brock Wilbur, at Brock Wilbur on everything. Uh, please buy Alex's book on Knights of the Old Republic through Boss Fight Books. Please pre-order my book on Postal, of all goddamn things. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening to our show. Please subscribe, leave us a comment, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much.